Thank you for listening to the Redemption Church Podcast. You may notice this week's sermon is shorter than normal. This week we invested some time in our gathering to talk and pray together as a church family. So we shortened the sermon to allow more space to connect in other ways. For more information about Redemption Church, please visit redemptionokc.com. You can stay up to date on sermons by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. Thanks again for listening. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Daniel chapter 6. We've been in this series called Engage, and I am not going to preach a full sermon today. No one say amen. Don't need it. Um, We are going to be in Daniel 6, and we're going to look at one verse. Again, no amens on that either. Um, We're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to we're going to look at just a few things out of this, and then we're going to, we're just going to pray, and we're going to seek the Lord this morning, um, which seems appropriate given, um, given just the week that we are in. So we've been studying this book of Daniel, and as we do, um, and it's an interesting time when you get to Daniel chapter 6, there's yet another king that Daniel is serving under. He's now been there in Babylon for a long period of time, and in this section, an alliance had formed against against Daniel, and there's politic, uh, political alliance had, had, uh, had arisen, really likely were envious of his position and influence, and they found something, they were trying to find something against him to bring him down and kind of set this foreigner aside so that they could have a little more of that influence and to remove him. And so they began to look for something, somewhat, something they could expose, something they could, they could reveal. They, they began to look for character flaws and ways in which he had done things and been corrupted. And as he, as he looked, they looked for all these things that maybe, they could, maybe they, could, they could find a way in to expose this guy as a fraud. It says they were unable to find anything at all. But the one thing they knew about him was he was a man of strong faith who prayed all the time. And so they turned that around and began and crafted a plan to use his spirituality and his prayerfulness against him. Uh, they went to the king and said, oh, king, you're amazing and wise. Let's come up with an idea. Let's say for 30 days that no one can pray to any God or any other man except for you for 30 days. And if they do, we'll just throw them in the lion's den. How about that? And the king, I guess, thought that seemed like a reasonable idea. It seems a little insane to us, but signed off on a document that said, I will abide by this. Anyone that prays to anyone or worships anyone other than me for the next 30 days goes straight to the lion's den. And so we pick up the story there in verse 10, and I want us to look at how Daniel responds. It says, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed by the king, he went to his house where he had, opened, where, where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. It's a pretty simple thing, but it's a pretty amazing thing. When Daniel knew that the king had signed the document, what did he do? He did what he always did. He didn't change at all. He didn't didn't alter his course. He had conviction and courage to stay strong when things got hard. This says when Daniel knew that the document was signed, meaning the writer wants you to know 
Daniel heard about this. He knew exactly what was happening. He knew that the king said, anyone that prays to anyone else is going straight to the, Daniel, straight to the lion's den. And what did Daniel do? He says, immediately he went home, opened his windows as he always did to face Jerusalem, got down on his knees and prayed as he always had. He didn't alter his course. He stayed true. His conviction and courage empowered him to continue to do what he had to do. And it's amazing. Daniel, uh, Daniel had done everything right. He had, not, he had not offended the king in any way. He hadn't been corrupt against the king like all the other officials. He hadn't violated any of the king's policies. He had not done anything until here. And it's his faithfulness in prayer that ultimately gets him in trouble. And so he's exposed as someone who's faithful to his God. That was his one offense. And you notice that spiritually, he stays engaged in the moment. He doesn't even modify his routine or his prayerfulness. Like, I'm going, dude, just leave the windows shut. You know, like, go ahead and pray, but just leave the window closed so they can't prove that you did it. Uh, Daniel's not gonna do that. He continues to press on. It's interesting, though, that you notice that God doesn't, even though Daniel did everything right, God didn't immediately intervene to rescue him out of his circumstances. So God didn't keep the king from signing the document. God didn't keep the men from working against Daniel. God didn't keep the men from exposing Daniel. Even the king, it says, after this, frantically tried all day long to find a way to get Daniel out of it. And God didn't allow that. God didn't even stop them before Daniel went down into the lion's den. And it shows us that we're called in the middle of uncertainty, in the middle of difficulty. I mean, we're, just, we're called to be faithful. We're called to be steadfast. We're called to stay the course. And I think the, the reason we can see why Daniel can do this is that his hope was not in his circumstances, his hope was in his God. And that's where our hope needs to be too. Now, the reality for us is none of us are, are facing an edict from a king not to pray. None of us are facing, uh, I think, the, the fear of being thrown into a lion's den, unless you count the rugrats running around your house. Like sometimes that feels like a lion's den, but it's not, it's not the same thing. Um, but none of us have those kinds of fears but here's what I realize about each of us. We all have uncertainties. We all get phone calls we didn't want to get. We all receive emails with news that we didn't want. Sometimes we come to church and get news we didn't want. Sometimes two weeks in a row, and that gives us some uncertainty, right? So what do we do when we're faced with uncertainty? We do what Daniel did. We recognize that our hope is not in our circumstance. Our hope is in our God. And we lean in and we go to him in prayer. And so look what Daniel did. It says, he went to his house, opened his windows in, in the upper chamber toward Jerusalem and he prayed. And it would have been really easy for him to do something different. But sometimes, sometimes your circumstances force you to trust God when it's hard. Sometimes the uncertainty forces you to lean in and to run after God whenever, uh, whenever it's difficult and trials come. When he opened it, it says he prayed toward Jerusalem. What he's saying is, my hopes are not found in myself. My hopes are not found in Babylon. My hopes are not found in my ability to politically maneuver this scenario. My hopes are not found in my success or how far I climbed the ladder. My hopes are not found in my ability to do all things well. My hopes are found in the God who resides in Jerusalem. And so he's looking outward and saying, I'm going to pray to a God who's outside of me and put my hopes in him not in my circumstances. And so this is what he had done. It says three times a day for who knows how long. Uh, his faith and his courage were, really were displayed in, in good times and in bad times. That he continued to do the same thing. He didn't, he didn't alter his course. 
So what are we gonna do as a church, I think, as we face some uncertainty here? We're gonna do what we always did. And we're gonna keep showing up. We're gonna keep leaning in. And we're gonna remain steadfast and we're gonna pray. We're gonna do what Daniel did. So let me point out just three things uh, that we see here in Daniel's prayers. Uh, the first thing we see in Daniel's prayers, we, we see that he has a, a practice of prayer. You notice it says that he prayed as he had done previously. What it meant was this was his habit. This was his this was a normal thing. He had practiced this for a long time. And so he, it wasn't like he got in a trial and he went, oh no, things feel really bad. I'm gonna run and kind of do a Jesus take the wheel thing. Like, I, I'm in trouble. Let me pray to God really quickly. Uh, this isn't that for Daniel. Daniel doesn't just pray when things feel uncertain. It says Daniel had faithfully prayed three times a day. And so it, just as he's prayed in the past, he goes back and prays as he's done previously. It means he's well-practiced in prayer. One of the things that, that I think is good for us to know about prayer is your past investments in prayer pay dividends when you need them. And so as you faithfully are investing and you're putting money into the prayer bank, that there, there are dividends that come from that investment and they're there and available when you need them, when trials come your way. And do you ever feel like the little things you do don't ever add up? I think sometimes when we pray, we feel like, well, nothing happens. There's nothing, there was nothing profound or amazing that happened here. I just spent some time with the Lord in prayer. But I think it's important for us to look at Daniel's pattern here. And when he did need it, and the practice of prayer that he had put in over time made his execution at game time uh, easy. He didn't, he didn't flinch. He didn't pull back. He didn't, he didn't back off. Friends, our seconds add up to minutes, which add up to years, which add up to decades. And in all that, man, we are shaped and formed. And every time we run to the Lord in prayer and every time we confess our sin and every time we trust the Lord and every time we worship the Lord and every time we, uh, we, we, we seek the Lord and lean in and say, God, I want to know more of you. And it forms and it shapes something in our hearts and, our, and in our spirits that, that, that makes us who we are. And that, that, that foundation allows us to draw on that um, whenever we're in the middle of a trial. So it's important for us to develop a practice of prayer. Let me give you the second thing I think we see in Daniel's, um, routine, Daryl, Daniel's prayer. Here we see it's a routine of prayer. You know, the more you do something, the more natural it will be to continue. And what we see is Daniel had a habit of praying. You notice he said he prayed three times a day. Now there was no law or commandment that said he had to do this when he was in Babylon and kneel this way and do this thing exactly alerting this, this, uh, this pattern. But this was a rhythm that, that worked for him and a routine that he followed. And he dealt, developed consistency to have a specific time and place in which he prayed because he, made it a pri- because he was making it a priority. You know, things that we're purposeful about, we tend to plan because we wanna make sure that those things don't slip by, slip by the wayside, but we want to be intentional about those. And here what we see is that he had a habit. He had a routine of praying. And I talk to people all the time that say, I wish I knew how to pray more. And I think sometimes the simple question is just like, so when do you pray? Like, you're going to have to find time here if you go do it. Like you, you can learn to pray more, but you, you're going to have to actually sit down and pray. You're gonna have to actually go on a walk and pray. You're gonna actually have to have some kind of a a rhythm, a routine, a purposefulness about it, or it's gonna be hard to develop that habit and to build that prayer muscle. So Daniel had made it a priority and he continued to develop his life in prayer. The last thing we see is Daniel had a posture of prayer. You notice it says that he got down on his knees, that he he knelt to pray. It's an interesting thing. This is the, the second most powerful man in the most powerful empire 
on the planet at that time. And yet three times a day, he felt the need to kneel in worship of his king. There's, there, there, there's an act of surrender there. There's an act of, prayerfulness really is an act of humility. It's something that just says, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the strength. I don't have all the way, to, I don't know how to navigate everything in this world. And so I'm gonna kneel before my king and ask for his strength, ask for his help, and I'm going to seek after him. And when we pray, we pray because we know we need God's help. We pray because we know God's bigger than we are. We know that we, we pray because we know God's worthy of our prayers, even when our circumstances uh, feel a little bit out of control. God's always worthy of our prayers. So it's remarkable to think about Daniel kneeling three times a day, even as a man with such great power and influence in the kingdom. You know, when we physically kneel, one of the things that, you know, it may be easy for us to say, well, maybe that was just a cultural thing or maybe that was just something they did, but it's not really something we do. But really what we see is what is on the inside of us in our hearts and our spirits, it shows up in our physical nature. It's why when we go to ball games, we do things like this and cheer and scream and clap and because what's on the inside needs to get out. But it also works the other way sometimes in routines. Sometimes whenever we physically practice something, it develops the, the heart or the internal. Sometimes we have to do something until we find our feelings kind of being moved in a new direction. So sometimes just humbling ourselves and getting down on our knees and changing our posture can awaken something inside of us and say, man, I need to kneel my, I need to, to yield my life and surrender my life to King Jesus, to, to the Lord of my life. And so Daniel, you see, practiced some posture, uh, changed his posture. And I think it's important to say it's not some spiritual hocus pocus. It's not like get down on your knees and God has to answer the prayer. It's not some, something like that. It's just, and it's a way of you demonstrating to the Lord that I'm bowing my life before you as my king and as my ruler. And so we kneel. So friends, when tough stuff comes our way and we can't do anything about it except what Daniel did. He didn't freak out. He just did what he always did. He showed up as he always showed up. He prayed as he always prayed. And the Lord stood by his side. And the Lord's by our side too. So we're gonna do what Daniel did. I uh, want us just to, to, to continue to, to acknowledge that, and sometimes uncertainty does come our way, but we're gonna be unchanged. We're gonna continue to show up. Uh, we're gonna continue to pray. Uh, we're gonna continue to do what we always do. And so we're gonna get on our knees and we're gonna pray and seek the Lord for just a little bit. And so in a minute... I'm gonna ask us just to break up into groups of four or five and we're gonna pray. And if you want, and I'd encourage you just to get down on your knees and circle up and, and we're gonna seek the Lord. And if that's uncomfortable for you, don't feel like you need to be on your knees at all. Um, but I wanna just give you total freedom to do that. That I think would be appropriate to live out what we see Daniel doing. Some of you may be really uncomfortable praying out loud in groups and maybe praying out loud at all. Uh, that's totally okay. Don't feel like you need to. You're welcome to sit in a group and just to listen to the prayers of those around you and listen to the prayers of others. And you can agree with them um, kind of as you sit there. Um, it, and I also wanna encourage you, you know, even if you haven't prayed out loud before, it may feel awkward now. I mean, prayer takes practice. And so maybe you just have a line you say this time, but maybe next time as you begin to do this, that God, God shapes your heart and you begin to get more comfortable with that as well. And so we know that everyone's kind of coming from a different place, but don't feel like you need to put on some kind of spirituality uh, or spiritual language or anything else. Just, you just talk to God. 
Tell him what you're feeling. Tell him what's going on. Ask him to be present for your li- in, in your life. And, and I want us just to, I just want us to seek the Lord together. I, I want us just to pray. I want us to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you doing? Lord, um, would you renew us? Lord, would you, would you encourage us? Lord, would you strengthen us? Lord, would you cause us to flourish in every way? Lord, would you make your way known for us and give us wisdom in the days ahead? Would you pray for us um, who, are, who are kind of navigating these waters right now? And, and let's pray for the guys that are moving on to new ministries and let's just seek the Lord. And so not gonna super micromanage this. If you would, just turn, circle up four, five, six people. And man, let's just go hard after the Lord. Let's run after him and, uh, in prayer.